This address, with its included scripture reading, was part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on February 11, 2024. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. be inviting you to stand as we uh, hear the gospel reading and we will hear the gospel reading but this morning just a few words as we lead into uh, hearing that reading um, and particularly as we're um, moving into this towards this new season uh, of Lent beckoning. Last Sunday uh, in my message we uh, talked of a journey a long walk to freedom a long walk. Today we prepare for a journey a Lenten journey with Jesus with Ash Wednesday coming this week, as we uh, may know, we enter into this new season. And I'm going to suggest that what we're doing is making a spiritual journey, a, a word pilgrimage, if you will, with Jesus in Scripture on the road to the cross. And we want to prepare well for that journey together. So um, I'm just going to mention a few things in the lead up to the Gospel reading. Some things to help us prepare. The English word pilgrim comes from a Latin word, and I'm not a Latin scholar, so forgive me for um, butchering this if it, that's what I do, peregrinus, which refers to someone travelling through a field, a stranger travelling or someone in a foreign land on a journey. In the Latin version of the Old and New Testaments, the Vulgate, that word is used to translate sojourner in Hebrew or temporary resident in Greek. And this shouldn't surprise us as we're on this journey because there's a number of places in Scripture where God identifies us, you and me, Christians, as temporary residents in the world. For example, in the book of Philippians, Paul says, Our citizenship is in heaven and that's where we're expecting this Jesus to come from. Or in the book of Hebrews, uh, in chapter 11, it reads, All these people died in the faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. So our journey is towards that heavenly home that God has prepared for you. And for me, for all people, and he calls us to faith in Jesus to follow. We make this journey as disciples of Jesus, do we not? And so um, our theme throughout the coming weeks in the lead up to Easter is going to be something along the lines of being on the road with Jesus. And I've brought my Bible dolls uh, with me to help remind us of that, that we make a journey with Jesus. And so I simply wanted to be talking a little of what it is to be a disciple from that time when Jesus walked the earth and to see if it actually connects with your journey and mine today. As a rabbi teacher, Jesus gathered disciples and the Holy Spirit has gathered you and me today to come here to be with Jesus, I think. In Jesus' time, a disciple was someone whose job was to follow the leader. And I may not be telling you anything new, 
but it wasn't just to learn what the teacher taught, but, and this is the thing I think to pick up on for the journey ahead, that the important thing is to live, to learn how to live by the way that the teacher lived or lives. And we're going to be doing that by following through the scriptures in these weeks. Sue prayed for us as we began the prayer of today, the prayer of the day for today. Let us pray that we become more like Christ. And do we actually think that that might be possible? I think God is here to tell us that yes, it is. So let's get ready to do the journey with Jesus. The rabbi teacher took the disciples on a journey sometimes on a physical journey, and we're somehow making that as this site is about to be developed. But most particularly, the journey of the pilgrim disciple was one of learning a way of life. And that's where we pick up the story today on the pilgrimage that Jesus makes with Peter, James and John in the Gospel reading. As you're able, would you please stand? The Gospel according to Mark, chapter 9. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart, from, apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared with them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. And let's pray. Loving God, as we hear you in the Gospel, in the good news this day, speak to us where we are. Help us to know your Son, Jesus, whom you love, and so by your Spirit, again, open our ears, our minds, our hearts to listen to Jesus and to follow him on the journey of life. Amen. Jesus leads three disciples, just three up the mountain. Jesus, the teacher, master. What is going on here? Perhaps, and I don't know exactly why it's those three, but in the Jewish rabbinic way, sometimes it was that the brightest and the best disciples, the so-called Talmudim, were recognised as the brightest and best, and sometimes the 
teacher, master took them away for a journey on their own. Is that what's going on here? I don't know. I wonder what they thought, those three. We're off with the teacher. We're going up the mountain, the place of God's revelation. What awaits us, I wonder? Well, it doesn't take long for them to find out, does it? Jesus here is transfigured before them, and Marlene put that so beautifully as she um, uh, interacted with the children this morning. Can you somehow put yourself in the sandals of those disciples? It's pretty hard, isn't it? Try, if you might, though. Here we see Jesus in all his glory, as we've never seen him before, but, and here's the quintessential teacher, God before us, and what's more... Uh, the steak knives uh, come with many things. There's also Elijah, who was taken miraculously up into heaven. The, he's going to teach us the prophets, perhaps, all this amazing insight. And there, too, is Moses, the teacher of the law. Wow! And so I, I think, you know, if, if I can just follow that line through a little bit, it's probably no wonder that Peter, the disciple, in his terrified, awestruck state, said, Lord, let's Put up three tents and you can teach us, maybe. This is what, what would be good. But there's more that comes with this, isn't there? In last October, and I know many people, um, some people here might be walkers and you go up Mount Dandenong. Last October, my wife Sue and I walked up Mount Dandenong. That's not Mount Dandenong, by the way. <laughs> I'd love to say I took that photo. Here's Mount Dandenong. But when we walked up there, it was covered with cloud, and I could not help myself but to think of these disciples on, on this mountain. And of course, the cloud in biblical terms, and they, they might have been pretty alert to this, is the place of the presence of God, you know, leading the people from slavery in Egypt out towards the promised land, follow the pillar of cloud. In the cloud was God leading his people, and now God appears again and teaches these disciples from the cloud. Perhaps not what they were expecting by putting up the tents. We're going to be here for a bivouac. We're going to be here for an extended retreat. The voice comes from the cloud and says this. So let's be ready to listen. This is my son, my beloved one. Listen to him. What do the disciples need to learn? The one thing to know and learn, here is the Son of God. Listen to him. There is but one thing then for disciples to learn. Here the Father introduces to them their guide for the journey of life. Your guide, mine, ours together. And Jesus prepares us by saying, take up your cross, if you would follow. Take up your cross and follow where I go. In the verses leading up to this event, when we read Mark's Gospel, it's just in the previous chapter, in Mark chapter 8, that Jesus says that to his disciples. This is a mountaintop experience, but not one that's just going to go on forever for the spiritual elite it's not there for the disciples to say, I've experienced something better than you, 
So I'm a true disciple and you're not. And this is borne out by what happens straight away. And, you know, Mark uses that connector word for us, suddenly. Suddenly they look around and see no one but this Jesus. And the next thing that Mark tells us is that they come back down that hill. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until the Son of Man had been risen from the dead. Dear friends in Christ, I put it to you that the place for the disciples of Jesus is not staying on the mountaintop. Although that's not to say that we won't have and can't and shouldn't expect wonderful experiences of spiritual growth in our lives. The aha moments uh, I've found are so wonderful and so enriching. We can expect these, but the place for you and me as disciples of Jesus is to follow where he goes. And that's back down the mountain. And we'll find that his way, and especially as we enter this season of Lent, is the way of the cross. May I encourage you to make the journey with him in these days. When my wife Sue and I walked up Mount Dandenong that foggy October morning, uh, and as we stood on the mountain top for a little while, you know, sometimes this wonderful thing happens where the cloud starts to get out the road. It dissipates. And you could see the city buildings in the distance. And we wondered, as we saw those buildings, how many people were in that space. And I wonder how many people that are in that space now might benefit from the love of God might not know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And I can't help but think that as we make a journey together, we have something just so wonderful to offer, to offer one another and to take, to intentionally take to our city and beyond. We are disciples of Jesus. We are called to listen. He has a heavenly home waiting for you. We are pilgrims on the journey, we sometimes sing. We are companions on the road. We are here to help each other, and particularly as we make this journey uh, of uh, uh, transition with the building phase, to bear the load together. Ours is the way of Jesus. Ours is the way of the cross, is it not? Ours is the joy of sharing Jesus in our lives. Ours is the way of serving, and sometimes it's not an easy journey, is it? On the journey to the cross, we will find that Jesus goes there to give his life. We'll hear of awful suffering, and we might be called at times in our lives to bear that same load. It can be hard, and it can be confronting. We can be slow learners, just like those disciples who went up that hill and who in the next chapter, after Jesus has said it's about serving uh, disciples, they say, Jesus, just give me the place at your right hand in your kingdom. We are slow learners, are we not? Today, our God comes to us to bring into our hearts and into our way of living good news of forgiveness, a gift of grace, and a sure gift of new life, hard won by the one who goes to the cross. 
And so Jesus calls us both out of our daily lives and in our daily lives to be disciples, to receive, to learn, to hear, to be fed and to go. Each day God calls us through his promises. Each day he calls us and invites us to come to him in prayer. And each day he calls each of us to pick up our cross and follow him back down the mountain to the plain of every day. And the wonder of wonders is that, in that on that plain, maybe it's just a boring plain sometimes, maybe it's a plain of pain, that where the Spirit of God is at work in you, in the wonderful news of the gospel, there you and I and we are are becoming, are becoming more and more like Jesus. And not just to boast about something, but for the sake of the world. Yes, it can be a hard journey, but how enriching is it? How amazingly fulfilling is the journey with Jesus? And the wonderful thing is that Jesus promised you when you were baptised, if you were baptised or when you came to faith, I will walk with you the whole journey. I am with you always to the very end of the life's journey in this age. We are called to journey with Jesus in everything we do, in every day we live. This Lent then, look forward to all that the teacher has for you, who says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Take it, live it. Amen. And God's peace, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Amen.